Hello, and welcome to A Product of Proverbs. I'm Joshua Fowler, the host of this podcast in which I sit down with my co-host and dad, Reverend Roy Fowler, to discuss life and how to navigate through the ups and downs. This podcast is about wisdom and sharing that wisdom by us looking at the book of Proverbs as our roadmap on how to live a healthy and fulfilling life. My father, who has been in the ministry for nearly 30 years now, will provide listeners with an in-depth explanation of the biblical principles, while I apply these principles to the real-life situations that many of us millennials will face on a daily basis. Please follow us on Instagram at a product of Proverbs to stay up to date on all new posts, and if you like this podcast, share it with anyone you feel it may help. With that being said, let's get into today's show. What's going on, Dad? Not a whole lot, Josh. How about you? I'm doing okay. Glad to see you feeling better from last week. A lot better. Yeah, we appreciate you fighting through that flu and getting this episode out. It turned out that that episode was only about 15 minutes long after all the editing. Yeah. Coughing, sneezing, all type of things. But like MJ, we pushed through. Yeah, we pushed through. Today's show is actually about reading. So... But today we're going to go through kind of the importance of reading, the importance of just acquiring knowledge through through the many different avenues that you can acquire new information. Um, today's proverb is actually Proverbs 18 and 15. This proverb says, The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. But the NLT, the New Living Translation, says, Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are always open for knowledge. So just going to that and thinking about the smartest people, the billionaires in the world, every day they read. They have time set out in their schedule for them to actually learn something new. Bill Gates travels with about 12 books in his free time. He's just reading and soaking up all that information. I know that growing up, you stressed the importance of reading on us, even more so than math or science. It was about reading and being able to read, and then also kind of speaking. So public speaking, being able to share your thoughts, being able to hold your presence in different rooms. So depending on who was there, uh, what demographic we were speaking to, we could speak to both sides of the fence on race, on age. We knew how to speak to kids. We knew how to speak to adults. Um, But that was kind of important to you. What were some of your intentions behind that? Well, I realized early on the importance of reading, and there was a, a guy that read all the time. He would read. Every time you saw him, he was reading. And he made this statement to me. He said, there's a whole lot of places that I will never go and a whole lot of things I will never see, but when I read, I, it's like I'm there. And he knew a whole lot about a whole lot of different subjects. And I uh, questioned him about that. And he said it's because he read. And I had an uncle, and that's one of the things I remember about him. Even when he's in his late 60s or however old he was, he was always reading. He said, if you stop learning, you start dying. So he just read all the time. And I just kind of picked up that habit um, early on. I like to read. I would get lost in books. I read a lot of uh, fictions, you know. Um, as I got older, I would read Christian fictions, but I did a lot of reading, and that would keep you sharp, keep you 
in tune and when you read different books help you to be able to be in any uh, environment and being in a conversation. Too many of us have limited ourselves. We've really shortchanged ourselves and we're in such a small box because we haven't acquired knowledge and understanding. We don't read. That's just fundamental. It is so important. I spent my life reading. If you'll notice, I got so many books in my library. Early on in the ministry, I would acquire books. I'd go to, I'd buy used books. I'd go to um, yard sales. I'd go and I'd buy a lot of books and I would just read. Now, I've got all these books in my office. Some of them I've read all the way through, but a lot of them I'd read uh, research um, because I'm trying to get understanding about different subjects and different things. And that's what I, I've done for the most part of my life. And I'm still a fan of reading. I remember a few years ago, um, I got for a, a birthday gift one of those new Kindles. And I've got that thing loaded with books. And I was doing real good with it, reading about two books a week from it. But I've slowed down. Um, and again, I would read different types of books, educational books, uh, history. I do like suspense. I do that in my recreational reading when I'm not doing reading for ministry and personal growth. And honestly, you have to read every day. There's not a day go by that I don't read. And here I am this many years later, and I still do that. I, I remember when I went to my first job and I was reading this book because I always wanted to improve my uh, vocabulary. I always wanted to be able to carry on an intelligent conversation. And it's, I'll never forget, I'm 18 years old, and I'm sitting there doing lunch reading this book. And this person comes in, and he said, man, why are you reading the book? What are you reading? I said, and I told him the name of the book. Oh, you don't need that. Just throw a couple more expenses out there. You don't have to learn words. I said, okay. <laughs> I'm 18, and this guy was 30 years old. And this is what I said. I said, why am I around the old ignorant people? <laughs> and he was serious. He was serious. He thought it was stupid for me to be trying to learn words. And um, yeah, that was funny. That's another thing that I'll never forget. All right, Josh. It was two key points in what you said. The first was recreational reading. And that's important for the younger people that are listening that are bogged down with school assignments. You have books you have to read for this class. And you got to study out of this textbook. You got to take a second to close up that schoolwork. So in your instance, close up that Bible work and then pick up something that's just for you to enjoy. I look at my introduction to really reading and recreational reading came after I graduated college. Before I graduated, I can think of two books that really kind of sparked it. Um, the Alchemist and the Autobiography of Malcolm X. I received both of those as a Christmas gift. And just reading through those stories and understanding and getting kind of drawn in, like you said, get lost in a book. Same way that we could Netflix or watch Hulu or yeah. watch movies for so long. Actually getting in a book and then not wanting to put it down. And then I'm only going to read for 30 minutes. You read for three hours. You're never going to really catch that in your school reading. No. Like, like I enjoyed The Great Gatsby. But... That wasn't the spark that was like, hey, I want to start reading books. So recreational reading is very important when you think about it. 
The uh, second thing that I thought about when you said was your Kindle and how you said that you're reading two books a week and then it kind of fell off some, but you still read as you do. It's going to be important for the listeners and the just readers in general to find whatever medium works best for you. So I know with me, I like a paper book. It can be a hardcover. It can be a paperback. I like to actually turn the pages and then kind of like you've built here, have a library. So have all the books I've read. I've given them away to people because once I tried to let someone borrow it and you know how that goes. So now I just give them to people and um, I enjoy that medium, but that's not for everybody. Everybody isn't a turn the pages. Some people can do a Kindle, an ebook. Some people love audiobooks. I did the audiobook thing for a little while and it wasn't sticking. So I could read a book in a day. I could read this, but it didn't really stick. The comprehension wasn't there because I'll be multitasking. So I'll be reading this book and typing, doing work, or reading this book and texting, or listening to this book and playing 2K. When your mind's doing different things, it's not the same as when you're not doing anything except reading this book. Right. So you got to play around with those different mediums. Try to listen to an audio book. You can try to read a book on your phone or on your iPad just to see kind of what works best for you because recreationally, you got to enjoy it. So we want to look at finding a way for you to enjoy reading. And try all those mediums because one will... uh... And maybe more than one will be one that you will use. I, I do like the hard books as well, but I found that that Kindle would allow me to carry a lot of books in a small package. Since the internet, I haven't really purchased a lot of uh, hard copies of books lately because I don't really know of any bookstores that sell a lot of these uh, books anymore. So I haven't been in one lately. Visiting bookstores is actually kind of part of my Sabbath process, my day of rest. Saturdays, I would go Saturday morning and go to Barnes & Noble and read. Start off on that positive note. They got the Starbucks cafeteria right there, so I don't drink coffee, but it's always a good energy in the bookstore Saturday morning. So I'm right around the corner, so I just go post up at Barnes & Noble, look at new books. I'll pick a book that I'm reading, and I know what page I'm on, so I'll read their book while I'm there. It's a it's a nice thing to throw into your routine. So what we wanted to do is go through a couple of books that have really been impactful or influential to us just as recreational readers. Uh, I've put together a list of books that I feel I give as recommendations to anyone. I've given these as recommendations to interns at the office, to friends. And these are books that I feel like no matter where you're at, in your journey of life, you'll be able to pick up one of these books and put it to use. What do you go to? Well, I don't know. I don't have a Kindle, brother. (laughs) So while my dad is scrolling through his Kindle trying to find his recommendations, I actually have a list of mine over here because Team iPhone, I just use the Reminders app to keep up with my book list and all the books I've read. Uh, So I'm actually going to start my list off with the two books I mentioned earlier, The Alchemist and the Autobiography of Malcolm X. The Alchemist, that's the book about the story of the boy that follows his personal legend. 
So it's a fiction story about a young shepherd that kind of has to go through the twists and turns of life to get what the book refers to as his personal legend, so fall into what is his destiny. Um, It's a good book because it just shows the path and how the steps you take really influence and affect the next steps and how long it's going to take you and how rough or easy your journey is going to be. And also the autobiography of Malcolm X, that one is self-explanatory. If you know about Malcolm X, you know that he wasn't always Malcolm X. He was Detroit Red at one time. So to hear the story about this icon, this international hero, this legend, and then see where he came from. I'm real big on autobiographies. I didn't really bog my list down too much with autobiographies because I read a lot, but I really enjoy hearing other people's journey and hearing and learning about what they've been through because we see the final finished product, but we don't really spend too much time seeing the assembly line or kind of where the parts come from and how they get put together. We just get to see this final polished, nice thing that's for sale. But uh, with that, and those are going to be my first two. Dad, how are you coming along on that Kindle over there? <laughs> it ain't going like I want it to go. But I, you know, I guess because I told you I wasn't going to say anything about any books except the Bible because you take care of one side of the fence and I take care of the other side. But there were two books that was given to me, I guess, in the last year. I think you might have gotten a book and I got one. Kind of interesting. Um, You do autobiographies. I don't usually do them, but one book in particular that was given to me that I read, and I thought it was a real good book. I enjoyed it. It was a narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, and I thought that was very interesting. And uh, one of the things that really stood out about this was his determination. But on top of that, one of the real keys to this was it was the fact that he learned to read. That reading which is the topic of our subject today, is what gave him that awakening. That's what opened his eyes. And, you know, we're talking about reading, and I think about that when I read uh, that book, and that particular page 66, I'll never forget, because it stood out. That's what awakened the will, the hope, the drive, the desire in Frederick Douglass was the fact that he learned to read. So... Don't minimize the importance of reading. Man, that was a good one. Oh, back to me. Uh, So I guess to stay on the theme of autobiographies, because this is my last one that I have on my list, um, it's going to be Steve Jobs. So it's written by the historian Walter Isaacson. Walter Isaacson also wrote Leonardo da Vinci's autobiography, which I read. He wrote Benjamin Franklin and Albert Einstein's autobiography. So he has this series where he's doing autobiographies on kind of the most influential and impactful people throughout history. Of course, like the founder of physics, the founder of electricity, founder of Apple. And so the Steve Jobs one really stuck out to me because if you're in business, this is for you. Apple's a great model there to understand leadership understand what Steve Jobs did that could have hurt them, but then also to understand what Steve Jobs did that made Apple Apple. 
and just understanding people and how everyone has a role to play. It's not a short read, I want to say somewhere near 700 pages, but it goes in depth. This is from Steve Jobs when he was born. It's from Steve Jobs when he was in high school, when he went to college, the type of college he went to, his kind of floating through life, Apple, leaving Apple, coming back to Apple, founding Pixar, and it goes in depth with not only Steve Jobs, but his family and the people that were working with him at that time. So you get to see, for us, we just kind of see, we get to see yeah. older on the back end, Steve, but we don't know about pre that. So to understand and get that inside view was very insightful. And then if you just want to, the book about Leonardo da Vinci by Walter Isaacson, it was eye-opened into all that he planned and all that he did, but then it also goes to execution. He was a big dreamer, but didn't really put the rubber on the road. That's been a, an eye-opening read as well. Uh, with those off the list, I'm going to throw it back to your side. Well, let me get to where I'm very, very comfortable. Some good books that I would encourage people to read out of the Bible would be the book of John. John is the, uh, one of the New Testament books. It's one of the Gospels. And John is one that writes different from the other writers. John, his whole aim is to show the divinity of Christ, that Christ is God. And he spends his whole book showing that. And we're doing that even in Bible study. We're now at chapter 21, which is the last chapter. And as many times as I've been over this book, this study, and I think we started last March, and here we are in February and just about through, but we spend a lot of time and, and put a lot of work into them. But you learn so much, and in every book you find out not only about God, but you sure find out a lot about man, and it's the same way in the book of John. So I would encourage that, you to read the book of John. People ask me sometime, what where should I start? Uh, should I start in Genesis? I don't advise anyone to start in Genesis. You got to be in for the long haul to start in Genesis. But I would encourage people, if they want to start reading the Bible, let John be the first book that you read. Um, as a matter of fact, John is probably one of the first books or close to it that was written. Um, not only John, but the book of James. James is a very practical book. You talk about Proverbs. It has been said that James is the Proverbs of the New Testament. So it's just filled with practical living and wisdom for living. And so John is a good book, and James is a good book. So I would encourage those two books, as well as the book of Proverbs, which it speaks for itself. But those three books there would be good for you to invest your time in. And they'll help you in living, and that's what we want to do is help you in, in living. So, bouncing off of John, I know most of you have a Netflix account or access to a Netflix account. They have the Gospel of John on Netflix. They have actors acting out the scenes and stories of John while a narrator is reading word for word what it's saying in the scripture. So it's very cool to see because it isn't the whitewashed account. So you get to see the Middle Eastern people, the Middle Eastern kind of clothes, them doing their traditions. You can see what the Pharisees were wearing, how they moved throughout the streets. You could see the people on the side of the road, the, the people that were sick. You get to visualize 
all of these stories. It's about three hours, so of course you're going to chop it up into pieces, but that's a helpful aid for, like we said, people that like audiobooks or people that like or learn through different mediums. So that's a good transition into my next book recommendation, and it has a visual aspect as well as they turn this into a movie. So it's the book, The Spook Who Sat By The Door. And Nipsey Hussle actually talked about this often. He rapped about this It's in one of his lyrics. He said, a spook by the door, that's the inspiration. So this book is a story of a street guy that cleans up and becomes the first black CIA agent. He suits and tie and real, puts on the Uncle Tom suit, just keeping 1,000. And he goes and he sits as the assistant to the head of the CIA. So it's all the other people. He's just the token black guy that his desk sits outside the CIA director's door. But what he's doing is he's listening. And he's essentially taking what the CIA director is talking about, their initiative, their plans, their organization. I'm not going to give away too much of the plot, but the whole gist of that is we all find ourselves in, in rooms where we got our foot in the door. We might not have positions of power, but we have p positions close enough where we can hear what's going on. We can see what's going on. So to use these initiatives, so really keeping that mentality of, I don't even care if I'm the CEO. I get to hear my CEO so I can be the CEO to groups that don't get to be near the CEO. Right. So right. that that's a good book. And like I said, if reading and flipping pages isn't for you, they have a movie. It's an older movie, but they did turn that one into a movie, as well as uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X. So, so what was the name of the movie? A Spook Who Sat By The Door. That's the name of the, movie, name of the movie as well. Yeah, yeah. name of Malcolm X is just Malcolm X. It's with Denzel. To wrap it up, I have just two more books that are along the same lines. These have to deal with money. So these next two books are... The Richest Man in Babylon, and The Coffee House Investor. So The Richest Man in Babylon is probably my favorite book, maybe behind The Alchemist, but they follow a similar kind of setup about parables and like a story and about characters in the Northern Africa, Middle Eastern region and kind of that era time zone of the, the travelers, the caravans of camels, the, they paint that picture which is a simple life to understand. You understand you have sheep, you have to go to the baker for bread, you have to go to the brick maker for your house. When you get these simple things that aren't really colluded with a lot of modern metaphors, you kind of grasp the concept a little better. So the richest man in Babylon is just a story of parables about a man that is now the richest man in Babylon and he holds court like the official city center where people asked him questions about how he became so rich, what to do to be rich, what to do to stay rich, like what you need to do. And then he answers these through different parables throughout his life. So how he went from a slave to the richest man in the land, the king borrows money from him, how he does his investments, how he takes care of charity and his family. And he breaks down all of these things that we can do today but they're in very simple, short stories. So that's a very 
interesting book. That one had a lot of impact early on. And then The Coffee House Investor is one that was recommended to me by my frat brother, John King. It's about how to be prosperous and take advantage of the market, but without letting it consume you. Because you know, if you start day trading and then now you're watching the performance of these funds and you're looking at this, and that could be a whole nother job in which all that effort generally doesn't beat a simple index of the S&P 500. So his idea and his whole thing is invest in index funds that follow the whole index. And then you don't even have to watch your money. It's going to go like the market does. But over time, as you can tell, the market goes up. So yeah, there may be these hedge funds and these different mutual funds where they're actively trading and they're saying they can beat the S&P 500. But if they do, more than likely, the fees you pay for that management and the losses they take when they don't beat it, overall, you'll save a lot of time, make the same amount, if not more money, if you just follow the index fund. So that's the whole premise of the book, The Coffee House Investor, is he doesn't have 30 screens around him while he's trading and watching all these things. He just got his money on the S&P, and it might dip today, but he knows this time next year it's going to be higher than it was today. So those are the last two book recommendations I have to kind of money management and kind of financial-focused books. I guess where we're at now is that wraps up our reading episode. Uh, The next episode is for sure going to be discipline because... I mean, you can take in all this information, but if you don't have the discipline to use it, if you don't have the discipline to apply it and see it through in life, then you might as well not be reading it. So with that, um, thank you, Dad, for sitting down for another episode. Well, you're welcome. It is always my pleasure, and uh, it's really always special. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode. This is a product of Proverbs, as we always ask. If you enjoyed this, if you gained anything from this, feel free to share it with as many people as you see fit. I really do appreciate everyone that's sharing us on IG, on Facebook. We really do appreciate the support. And we ask that you just continue supporting us as we continue on this journey. So with that, episode seven is in the books. Another one down and we'll catch you next week.